Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another amazing episode of The Stoop here tonight on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Ragus, and alongside me, as always, is Jeff the Flu Perini. What's going on, man? Good evening. I am here. I am under the weather, but it's uh, Thursday, Thursday. I traded in my beer for some uh, acai berry tea and honey, and uh, am here on the stoop. Good evening. Good evening. It's a damn shame you're not feeling very well, but you're the man for letting the show go on. I give you props. Show Actually, must think go. I like you. <laughs> Better. You just huh? gained some brownie points, my friend. Lots of brownie points. All right, man. Well, we got a great, great show coming up tonight. But first, let me thank last, uh, excuse me, Monday night's guest, uh, Jonathan Cavier, for joining us on the stoop and letting us listen to his latest single, Pearl, from his latest album, which is Premiere. And it was a good one. We had a really good time with Jonathan. I like him. He has a great first name. We had uh, some good laughs. He loves tennis. He loves music. And his music is really good. So you can check him out at Cavier Music. Dot com. That's C-A-V-I-E-R music.com. He's also on Twitter. So just do a little Google search for him and learn more about him. Great guy, uh, great music, and a great guest. But tonight, and I'm so happy because we tried to get on a couple of times and we just couldn't match schedules, but it's finally here. The wonderfully talented Erin Hayes from Children's Hospital, from she was on New Girl, she was in Parenthood, Parks and Recreation, and a show I loved that didn't last very long, and I'm going to ask her about it. Guys with Kids was a great show, but now she's on the new show, Kevin Can Wait, with star Kevin James, and she's going to be here tonight at the eight o'clock hour. Aaron Hayes will be joining us, but in the meantime, it's top five time, and it's what we do every week here in the Stoop, and we always try to to pretty much. Make it in tribute to our guest, Jeff. And tonight, you came up with it. It's our top five favorite TV wives. And it's the character. It's not the actress. It's the actual character from the TV show. So I'm going to give it to you. And if you need to take a breath in between each one, I'll allow that. Thank you very much. It's going to be a two-hour show if I take a breath in between every one. Uh, okay, number five, there is a tie. And a uh, little diverse. I kind of went a little bit with looks, I'm not going to lie. So number five is a tie. When Wanda McCullough, played by Kalita Smith on the Bernie Mac show. Um, she was sexy and funny enough to hang with Bernie Mac. That was a fun show. I mean, it was uh, too bad we lost Bernie Mac so soon. She was great. Real yeah. sultry, sexy wife. I loved her on that. Uh, another number five for me, um, Cheryl David, played by Cheryl Hines on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um one of the big, what is she doing with this guy ones? I mean, he was just a, a moron, and he was obnoxious, and <laughs> she was hot, you know? She was hot, and guys would come on her, and she stuck by Larry's side until, you know, close to the end, but uh, loved her. Always loved uh, Cheryl David. Number four, Carrie Heffernan, played by Leah Rimini in King of Queens. Yeah, I know. She's a big bitch, but you know what? She's our bitch. Who didn't love that bitch? Her, her bad side, we loved it. She looked good, and, uh, you know, she was energetic, nah, she was angry, she used to, you know, lay down the law, and uh, she was great, we still love her in that show. Number three, one of my favorite loves from beginning of watching television, Laura Petrie, played by Mary Tyler Moore on the Dick Van Dyke Show. Um, oh, right. my, <laughs> my first image of uh, the adorable housewife, and yeah, she was uh, caring and uh, kind, and always kept a neat house, and uh, 
She was hot. Loved her in that show. <laughs> number two and number one, it was a tough, tough, tough call. Number two is Gloria Pritchett, played by Sofia Vergara in Modern Family. I mean, yeah, you get the gold digger aspect because of the money, but, man, she sticks by Jay, who's somewhat older than her, and she's hot, and she's funny, and and she's just dominant, and it's awesome. Her character play is awesome. She's just amazing. And number one for me, and uh, it's got to be, Samantha Stevens, played by Elizabeth Montgomery in Bewitched. Let's face it, great looks, the ability to pull off magic, and she was funny, she was quirky, she was great. Samantha Stevens was uh, the ideal wife, man. She could make herself whatever she wanted. She could stay young forever with her magic powers. You had it made right there, man. That's my top five. There you go. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. And I went with a different route. Yeah, some of my ladies on my uh, list are are. are are great looking to me. They're all beautiful in one way. They stuck by their husbands and they were pretty much the one that kept it all together. And I got to tie it. Number five as well. Uh, number five is uh, Rebecca, Becky Donaldson Kisopoulos from full house played by the amazing Lori Loughlin. As everybody knows, I am a huge Lori Loughlin fan and uh, I still have a crush on her today. Um, number five tied with uh, Lori Loughlin is Morticia Adams played by Carolyn Jones from the Adams Family. Serious man, who has a romance like Morticia and Gomez? Absolutely nobody. Uh, number four, loved her because she was just real, and she was pretty much more immature than her kids sometimes. That was Kitty Foreman, played by Deborah Jo Rupp from That 70s Show. Absolutely loved nice. Kitty Foreman, and the way her and Red got together and the way they stuck together, great stuff. Number three, damn, 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 James. Florida Evans, played by Esther Roll, Good Times, man. Seriously. <laughs> she was the glue of that family, and she was the wife that, keep, that kept James grounded, man. Perfect, perfect wife, perfect, perfect show. Uh, number two, Edith Bunker, all in the family, Jean Stapleton. Uh, seriously, she was a whack job. She was sweet. She was loving. And I don't think any other woman could have loved Archie the way she did, man. It was, a, it was just a phenomenal relationship. And number one, and I'm going to say this because you can go years back, I'm talking 50, 60, 70 years. And you had some good-looking ladies, but for some reason, this one always stuck with me. I always thought she was drop-dead gorgeous. Plus, she was just a great wife. And that's Alice Cramden, played by Audrey Meadows in the original Mooners. And uh, to me, um, man, if you could put up with with, uh, him and his friend, Mr. Norton upstairs, uh, you know, you have to be a good wife. And... uh, yeah, so that's my uh, my top five with a t- with a tie at number five. Uh, we'll run him down real quick. Jeff's top five. He has a tie at five as well, and he's got uh, Wanda McCullough from the Bernie Mac Show, Cheryl David from Curb Your Enthusiasm, Carrie Heffernan, Kim- King of Queens, Leah Remini. If you're listening, you're not a bitch. Your character was. We absolutely love you. Uh, Laura Petrie from the Dick Van Dyke Show at number three. Uh, Gloria Pritchard. Uh, Modern Family, number two, and Samantha Stevens from Bewitched at number one. In my top five, tie at number five, Rebecca Donaldson Kasopoulos from Full House, Morticia Adams from The Adams Family, number four, Kitty Foreman from That 70s Show, number three, Florida Evans, Good Times, number two, Edith Bunker, All in the Family, and number one, Alice Cramden from The Honeymooners. A lot of people always forget her, man. And it I, um, it's funny. I had her um, into my top ten, and because uh, she was a devoted wife that had nothing, I mean Ralph gave her nothing, 
uh, including attention. And she always stuck there. She was very attractive back then. I don't care what anybody tells you. And, uh, yeah, I loved her. Um, kind of funny, real quick, our guest, uh, Erin Hayes, tonight. I went looking through a few lists of all-time TV wives, and a couple lists uh, consisted of her uh, in the role of Melanie Clayton Briggs from the show Worst Week, which I never saw, but she got a lot of props from a lot of people. So uh, maybe something we'll throw in there tonight. Yeah, there you go, man. Awesome, awesome stuff. So that's our top five for tonight, and eventually you can find all of our top five lists on our official website at www.stoopradio.com. They're not up yet, but they will be. I'm just trying to make it special. I'm trying to make it look good so when the listeners go there, it just looks appealing. I don't want it to just be text trying to make it look really good. So give us some time, and they will be up. All right, so at the uh, 8 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by our very special guest, Aaron Hayes from the new CBS comedy. Kevin Can Wait, alongside Kevin James. Really looking forward to that, speaking with her. Uh, so for now, we're going to talk a little bit of current events. And guess what? The Olympics start tomorrow night. The opening ceremony is tomorrow night. Jeff, for some reason, when the Olympics come around, I get the feeling of being a kid again. I don't know why. I guess because I grew up loving and watching the Olympics, love gymnastics, love so many of the different events it's just something different than just baseball basketball hockey and football that's on television all the time are you a olympics fan do you look forward to them i uh i'm a little more of a winter olympics fan honestly because i love the hockey and uh i like the, the skiing and a lot of that stuff summer olympics are good too i get excited you like seeing country versus country even though we're, u.s is going a lot more pros but uh I enjoy it. I like uh, the opening ceremonies, uh, a lot of good games, even basketball. I know it's one-sided, but I enjoy it. And uh, Yeah, I'm an Olympics guy. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've, I've always looked forward more to the Summer Olympics than I did the Winter Olympics. And, you know, from – I love watching archery. I think, it's, I, th- I think it's phenomenal. I love absolutely watching gymnastics. Gymnastics just blows me away. Um, was watching the uh, podium training and the women's trials last night. And seriously, man, I could sit there, watch, 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 and then look at the clock and realize probably six and a half, seven hours have passed, and I had no idea, and it probably felt like maybe 20 minutes to me. Just always have loved gymnastics. Uh, of course, basketball, you know, being in the Summer Olympics, I've always loved that. You know, you got things from, from shooting and swimming and, and now table tennis, which is damn fun to watch, and the judo. And I believe uh, Taekwondo is now in it as well uh, since the year 2000. So, I don't know. I just always really loved the Summer Olympics. So, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm glad that uh, tomorrow night is the uh, opening the opening ceremony. And just a little trivia for you. I'm going to give you the top five complete medal winners for the all-time medal table. And you ready for this one? United States, right? 2,399 medals. In second place, the Soviet Union with 1,010. Wow. That's a big, big, well, very, big, big difference. Yeah. Big, big difference. Great Britain at 780. France at 671. China at 473. Uh, let me see. Italy, well, they're going by uh, gold and stuff. So Italy uh, at five, 549. Germany, 573. Hungary at 476 in the eighth spot. East Germany, 409, and Sweden in the top 10, dude. It's just amazing. I just, I just, it's just great when you see, uh, you know, when you just see all of these, uh, you know, amazing things going on at the Olympics, man. You see these people who pretty much are going to be in the Olympics, 
And just the very next day, they could be out of it and pretty much working at Walmart. You know, it blows my yeah. mind. Blows my mind. But yes, the uh, Summer Olympics starts tomorrow night opening ceremonies. And tonight, I believe, is the Olympic preview with Jeff's best friend, Bob Costas. So you can take a look at that. Oh, on how, how did you know I was so anti-Costas? You love Bob Costas. You know it. I am extraordinarily anti-Costas. If he's listening, because I know he is, I'm anti-Costas. <laughs> anti-Costas. All right, man. Question I got to ask you. Somebody asked me this pretty much, I would say, once a week for the last few years. Hey, man, what do you got there? Got an iPhone? Got a Samsung? Are you Android? Are you an Apple guy? What are you? I'm an iPhone guy. Uh, fell off for a little bit uh, for about a year. And uh, I'm back. And I love it. It just seems uh, it seems user friendly to me. I know a lot of people balk it, and uh, I find it user friendly. Uh, I, I like the camera. I like the ease of using it. I, I've always been an Apple guy. Maybe it's you know buying it a little bit to the hype. But uh, I'm an Apple guy. I love it. Yeah. See, I don't. The iPhone does nothing for me. The Apple iPad doesn't do anything for me. Apple products in a whole has never done it for me. And it's the way it is. I'm an Android guy. I think. Android is so much easier to use. And same thing with a PC compared to an Apple. I like to use the programs that I've used for the last 20 years. You know what I'm saying? And I tell yeah. people, it's like, oh, but you got to give it a chance. Like, no, I've, I've tried it. And that's, that's great that you like it. I'm just not an Apple guy. I'm an Android guy. I'm a, that's the way I've always been, and pretty much that's most likely the way I'm going to die. Unless something else comes out in the meantime. Uh, but yeah, I, I just don't understand why people are so up in arms over whether you're an Android, per, uh, Android person or an Apple person. It's like there's so many other things to talk about. But man, cell phones have really taken over our life, man. It's sure scary. Everybody, everybody's, everybody's got. Look at everybody at work, from uh, the elderly to the young. Uh, parents come in with little kids into my work, and the little kids are on them, and everybody's got them, and. I asked the same question, uh, cell phone or house phone, text, or a lot of clients like texting. So take it over, hmm. far and away. Don't you miss the days of the rotary phones and being able to walk to a pay phone outside and drop a quarter in it? Yeah, except when you drop that quarter and it rolls down the street and it's the only quarter you had, then it starts raining and you know you're stuck outside and you're flagging down people and then you look like the homeless guy begging for money. Outside of that, it was Man, great. It, that was a great movie. <laughs> Thank you. The end. <laughs> the end. I don't know, man. I, I just thought, listen, years ago, and let me tell you this, and it's funny, it's, I felt like people were more inclined to actually miss people when we were able to just run to a, a pay phone or just call once a day to say, hey, everything's good. I'll be home in a little bit. Now with the constant contact, I feel like people don't have the chance to really miss people anymore. And that's sad. And, well, it also makes it extremely easy to find people. And that's also tough at times. You're not hiding from anybody. I, It's good and bad. It's got its pros. It's got its cons. Um, I would say more cons than pros, but, you know, it is what it is, man. But you're an Apple guy, so hold on a second. Let me just take a couple of points off of you. All right. Um, oh. Let's talk about Come this back now, man. This is, what was that? I'm back to zero. Go back to zero, man. Back at 
Wait, uh, wait. Well, you're at zero, so you're at like around negative seven right now. So that's about right. There you go. All right, man. Let's talk about this, man. I think this is awesome. I absolutely love her. Uh, I think it's so cool. And then I want to ask you a couple of questions about this. Uh, Elena Deladon, uh, WNBA MVP from the Chicago Sky. She comes out as gay. Uh, says she's uh, engaged to uh, her, her her now fiance, who's uh, who's been her partner for a long time. Here's my question to you. I think this is absolutely great. You know, if you're in love with somebody, be with them. That's awesome. Love it, love it, love it. This happens more with the WNBA than it would with the NBA, the NHL, MLB, NFL. It just seems that, unfortunately now, we're a society where women can come out and, you know, they don't, I don't think they get as much backlash as if a man came out in a professional sport. Because we have seen a, very few come out in professional sports uh, didn't quite get the fan, fanfare as this. And, and I'm not knocking her. I think this is absolutely phenomenal. She deserves to be celebrated for being her finally. Um, but man, how come we don't see more guys come out in the professional sports? I think it's it's um, fairly obvious. I'm going to use an analogy I use a lot, and uh, not to be taken the wrong way, but females are just the more sensual sex. I mean, there's more passion, more love, more you know relaxed feeling about being a female than a guy. Guys always got yeah. an image. You got to be tough, you gotta be strong. You got to be this. You got to be that. And uh, especially in pro football, like Michael Sam really went out on a limb. I mean, it's all about being tough, and it's about getting in. Um, there's tackles. I mean, there's going to be 10 guys in a, in a pile on a tackle. And somebody's going to take a stab at you. Women, a little more camaraderie, I think, with a two. And uh, uh, like I said, I'm not knocking. I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, Cheryl Swoops said it some years back. I was always a Cheryl fan. Big time. It's just it's a way of life, man. And uh, if you don't like it, you got to leave. Go somewhere else, man, where, that, you know, where they got closed well, minds because we're open-minded. Let me let me float this at you now. So years ago, we've had some people come out. Cheryl Swoops, one of them, legendary U.S. women's basketball player, no question about it. She's the equivalent of a a Magic Johnson, a Patrick Ewing, to the women's basketball scene, no question about it. Same thing with, you know, I know she's not, but like you know, Lisa Leslie. These are all the legendary players. Now. Elena Deladon, she's already pretty much skyrocketing where you're going to see she's going to be one of those legendary players eventually. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. But then you go to the pro side, and who we got? We got Jason Collins doing it as he's retiring. We have Michael Sam, who's really a, I don't want to say a nobody, but he's no, you know, star football player. Now, if, and, and, and I hate to use a name, but let's say if Joe Schmo is the Michael Jordan of football and he came out, do you think it would make it easier for more people within the NFL to come out because pretty much the best player in the NFL did? Uh, the answer sounds like a bit of a, co- uh, a cop-out, but it should make it easier, but it won't. It just won't. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a block, and I don't care. And like I said, again, I'm not being closed-minded. I wanted Michael Sam here in Philly. I think uh, at the time the defense needed players. I would have given him a shot. I don't really care what he does um, as long as he's out there playing. And don't get me wrong. You know, people say you know, wife abusers and criminals. Yeah, I don't want them. You know, I don't don't want them glorified. But why not root for a homosexual player? What difference does it make? It what is sexist doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, agree. 
I, I agree. I agree. And then uh, that's why I bring this up because it's like, man, it's 2016. You know, it's, uh, you know, gay people are allowed to get married now, start families, you know, be together, be in love. And it's like, man, why can't these people just, you know, why aren't they allowed to be able to just be themselves and come out and be happy? And everybody just cheer them on, man. We're all just human beings. But, you know, that's – but I, I love it when stories like this happen and just monster-ass props to Lena Deladon. Love that she did it. She's going to push so many others to just be themselves and come out to their friends, to their family, if they're you know on a, in a professional scene to come out to the media and to just be themselves. And I think it's great, and uh, I want to see more of it. So I hope that happens even more uh, in the future now. Uh, sticking with basketball, dude, did you see the video? And this is absolute freaking insanity. Not a big dunk guy, but Andrew Wiggins and his 720-degree dunk. Did you see it? I saw it, and I kind of don't believe it. Even in seeing it, I don't believe it. it it's crazy. That's uh, Everybody's been saying for years we need something new in the uh, dunk department to liven it up. And that's uh, new. You crank that out, <laughs> yeah. Did you crank that out on a main stage? That's that's mess. Dude, I it blew my freaking mind watching this. And I got to tell you, I want him to break that out in a dunk contest because if he breaks out in a dunk contest, and even if he does it in the first round, can it? He won. I don't give yeah. a crap. Yeah. This is something that we have not seen in years. Honestly, to me, the freshest dunk since then was Isaiah Ryder first time under the legs, up and over, and in. And then maybe a couple of things that Vince Carter did, but I'm talking about from an iconic standpoint. Like, you know, yeah, jumping over a car, jumping over a guy, raising the backboard for Dwight Howard. Yeah, you know, great. Nate Robinson doing it. Yeah, well, guess what? We saw Spud Webb do it in the 80s. That was a long time ago. It's already been done. But, man, this is insane. I couldn't believe it. I had to watch the video a few dozen times to make sure I didn't see anything being cut out like it was just edited. Let me Let me hit you with this. I forget the player, but the blindfold dunk was that set Steve up? Brown. You think it was? You think it was set up? Oh wait, you, you, you mean, mean in a dunk contest or a YouTube vid? Yeah, Mary did the blindfold dunk, and they got so much press. I thought it was made up. I didn't, I didn't think he was really. I think he could see through that blindfold. Eh, I don't know, man. D Brown. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's possibly. I mean, if he did, that kind of sucks because I believe he won it that year. I always wondered. It's always kind of a little shady. Little shady. I don't know. It would be interesting, man. I would like to see a. Uh, I would like to see Wiggins in the dunk contest next year. And I think after him doing this dunk, I think he has really no choice now because people are going to want to see this on a professional level and not just in a YouTube video. Absolutely. I want to see it in a game. No, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I I want to see him get open and just do it. Did you see that spin dunk? And I can't remember who the U.S. Men's Olympic team was playing, but DeMar DeRozan pulled off a 360 in this guy's face. I think it might have been from the Chinese national team. Yes. It it, it was insane. It was insane. This guy cannot stop DeMar DeRozan going up. And, dude, uh, ah, it it was insane. Absolutely insane. And even he said, what the hell was he thinking when he did it? <laughs> but man, I want to see that seven twenty. It's it blows my mind just even saying it. Seven hundred and twenty degrees, dude. Crazy, really is. And for you doing All math right. at home, that's two spins. Two spins. 
You know, I want to see somebody do three better. spins now. Yeah, Wait, three there you six go. plus sixty. All right. So let's go into a little bit of That's movie cool. talk, and then we'll be joined by our guest in just a little bit. So I'm going to throw this at you, man. Channing Tatum is to play the merman in the Splash remake. I'm not even going to ask you anything, but what's your thoughts on this? I think it sucks. On to the next question. <laughs> Seriously, I think it sucks. It's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. It's ridiculous. Now, it, that's like. Do you think? Like do you think this is girl. doing it because we've heard, you know, Ghostbusters goes female? Then we heard a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is going to be remade, and it's all going to be an all-female cast. Do you think they're doing this because? They're pretty much taking every other movie and making it into female cast. I'm sure they are. I'm looking forward to a, a league of their own with a female manager and a male baseball team. I mean, so out of hand. And I understand Channing Tatum sells some tickets, but uh, this is a terrible idea. Probably the worst of the reboots we've heard yet. This one right here. I don't know, oh. man. When I sent you tonight, Rebel Wilson, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, to me that has disaster written all over already. Yeah, that sounds pretty bad. That sounds pretty bad. <laughs> Um, it's like anybody out there movies. I you know, and there's amazing, amazing, amazing movies and TV shows going on right now, and they just don't put enough behind them, and they'd rather just keep remaking stuff. I mean, listen, Stranger Things on Netflix. I'm going to say it again. I said it Monday night. I'll say it again. By the Duffer Brothers is absolutely freaking amazing. It's original. It's shot flawlessly. I mean, the acting is is just insanely nuts. Awesome stuff. Now let me throw this at you. Season one is over, Stranger Things, right? Season two is going to come, and it's going to be a year later. And you know what the Duffer Brothers want to do in that year gap? They want to create an 8-bit video game for people to play that's going to let them know exactly what happened in that year gap. That's not too bad. I like that. That's smart. That's smart marketing and smart thinking. I like that. It's absolutely great, man. And, you know, more and more people need to start looking at more original stuff, independent movies. You know, a lot of these low-budget TV shows, things that are coming out of Canada, things that are coming in from overseas, some great stuff, man. There's some great stuff. I, I, that series that's going on in Canada right now, between with Jeanette McCurdy, I think it's absolutely phenomenal. I think more people need to see it. It's on Netflix. I don't think enough people watch it because it's not, you know, it doesn't get the big hurrah from the media. You know, now that Stranger Things is getting a big hurrah and Netflix went down because everybody was watching it. You know, now it's time to jump on a train and watch even more things that you don't really know about. So, we need some more original stuff, man. Sure. Fast. They need to bring it. Well, uh, I think we're actually going to be joined by our guest right now. So, let's see if this is her. Erin. Yeah. How you doing? Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Hello. I hope this connection is okay. Um, it's a little staticky, but it is. I thought I'd be home by now. I took. I'm trying to earn some mom points, and I took my kids to Raging Waters, and nice. we just start kind of stuck in traffic. Yeah. Listen, that's, really, that's really always more. It up. We we can deal with the static. That's always more important. So uh, we'll we'll <laughs> just jump right into it, and uh, you know, get this. We have a few questions to ask you. Um, so okay. pretty much off the bat, it's been a real busy 2015, 2016 for you. So let's start off talking about Kevin Can Wait. What was it like to get yeah. this role and to audition for it? It was, it was a trip. You know, like it's acting is such a bizarre job because part of the job is just looking for jobs, and it's a it's a really large part of it. And so last 
summer, we had finished um, Children's Hospital our last season. And then yeah. I went through, like, a big dry spell. There was just, like, not a lot of not a lot of stuff going on. And I started to be like, oh, well, you know what? Maybe this is it. Maybe maybe Hollywood is done with me. Um, <laughs> kind of went into, pi- like, into pilot season from, like, thinking, thinking that. Like, nope, nope, it's time to pack it up. I guess we're done here. Um, oh, boy. But and then started you know started reading some scripts for pilots and this kind of came my way and at first I pushed it away because uh, it was it filmed in New York it filmed on Long Island and then they came back to me and said hey look they can't find this part and they really want you to take another look at it um, so then I read it and I was like wait this is a completely different script I liked this script a lot better and I just kind of like let it sink in like you know what maybe I could maybe I could go do maybe I could live in New York and, and do this and figure it out um, so flew out there and met with Kevin and the producers and really hit it I did hit it off with them immediately and it was a mm-hmm. and it was a really great chemistry right when we started reading and then I got really excited and then I wanted it really bad and um, lucky enough it came my way that's awesome that is so great so what's it like working with Kevin James I'm I'm from Queens so I, I loved watching oh, yeah. King of Queens. I just love that he's from that area, and he seems like just such a great guy. What's it like working with him? It's really easy. I mean, we get we got along from the you know the first second. Uh, he on this show he is wearing a lot of hats. He's acting in it. He's producing mm-hmm. it. He's uh, in the writers' room. I think as much as he can be. Um, so for that first pilot, there was a lot kind of writing on it a lot I think there's a lot of expectations of him coming back to TV and what's the quality and you know what's it going to is it going to be worth it after all these years to come back so um, but even with all that on his shoulders we had a great time he just kind of he takes care of everybody I got horribly sick on the day that we had to do our audience taping threw up like seven times and he came into the trailer, like, got, you know, was, like, insisted that they bring a doctor and got an IV. And, like, you know, he just, I don't know, he's kind of got his, he's just looking out so that it's nice, comfortable production for every, and uh, comfortable production and environment for everybody to be working in, which is uh, a nice thing for somebody, you know, when there's names in the title for them to be. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. So, now... You've done a lot of different TV shows. You just mentioned Children's Hospital, which people went bananas over, and it was on for such a long time on Adult Swim. And you had a part on Parks and Recreation and and Parenthood and and New Girl. What's it like to pretty much be on so many different popular television shows throughout the last few years? I got to say, I feel uh, real lucky that I've had the chance. I, I think Children's Hospital was really like a, you know, gateway drug for me. Um, but they really, I only mean it in the way like it opened a lot of doors. Um, yeah. Before that, I had done pretty kind of standard traditional network sitcoms, and to do something like this that's so out there and it's very, um, it's very alt comedy and and different and it wasn't mainstream and it had I got all the eyeballs on it that I wanted to get on it. To yeah. kind of 
showcased a little bit more of a different kind of comedy than I had done before. So mm. then I got this opportunity to work with all these incredible people and just get to know a lot more people and opened up a lot more doors. Um, so it was fun. I mean, it's weird on shows like on shows like New Girl and Parks and Rec. They're all I don't like you never know what you're going into and you got to keep that in mind if you're a regular on a long running show that the because every time I go on to a show if you don't know anybody it's like first day of school all over again you're like where am I gonna have <laughs> who am I gonna sit with like who's gonna have lunch with me are people gonna be nice oh I hope they're nice I really like this show um, and I lucked out on just some really incredible sets everybody was really op- uh, open and welcoming but. It's really nerve-wracking. It's just that first day of school all over again. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I mean, there was a lot of great people on that show, and I've watched a few episodes, and it, it, it was it was funny, but it was really wacky. So when you first started to do uh, this, or, or actually when it came to you, was there like a moment of hesitation, or was it something that you just like completely jumped on because you absolutely loved it from the beginning? So Children's Hospital? Yes. Um, that was just, I had done a, a sitcom with Rob Corddry. We did six episodes of this uh, show for Fox called The Winner. And we hit it off right away, became friends. And he called me and was like, will you do this? And I think I said yes. And then he was like, well, do you want to read it? Um, <laughs> and I was like, right, 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 right. Because that's what I do. I'm very choosy. I, you know, I always read things. Uh, so got like a day off from my fancy network sitcom and then, you know, seven years and a bunch of, a bunch of Emmy nominations later, um, mm-hmm. still on the show. So I'm, yeah, I was not, I was all, I was in it from day one. That's awesome. Cause it was a great, great show. So I, I, I read that you got to work with somebody I absolutely love in Tim Conway. Uh, oh yeah. What was that like? I have to ask you because seriously, I mean, all of us, I'm sure, we all grew up on the Carol Burnett show, Tim Conway, yeah. the Harvey Corbin skits together. There's nothing better than that. So what's it like to actually work with him? He was – and I, he is such a professional, and he's so, just so sharp. Um, it was a half – it was a really strange show. It was a half-scripted, half-improvised sitcom where we played a bunch of improv games within the – like. You know, we had like a buzzer, and we would have a script, and we'd rehearse the script, and then every time the bell would go off, you'd have to uh, think of a new punchline, or, you know, and it might go off like nine times or something, so you just have to keep going. And this guy, he's so sharp and so kind, and we could, we got him going a couple times, just telling stories, you know, sitting around on a sitcom set, you've got a lot of time, you know. Like, so it goes off as a meeting, someone's rehearsing a scene, you're not in, you've got an endless amount of time. And we would get him telling stories about Herman or Carol Burnett, or just like anybody, um, and about their relationships and everything. And all of us were just, you know, like hands on our chins, wide eyes, like, tell us more, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was a real treasure. A treat. That's awesome. Big time. Yeah. So. Yeah. There was a show that I remember you from um, when I first saw you on Children's Hospital, and it, it, it jumped right into my memory right away. And it was a show that I really loved, and I thought it was doing good, and then it just all of a sudden disappeared. 
and that was Guys with Kids on NBC. I, I, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Really liked watching it. Why did they cancel Thank it? Thank you. Was it just because of ratings? Who, who, it was ratings. It was ratings. Um, yeah. You just don't know. Nothing on that night or nothing. I mean, honestly, nothing that year on NBC was doing very well, I believe. I don't yeah. know. We were on, there was another show that was on. We were all kind of tanking, but we were having fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I was a nice group of people. Um, that was that was a tricky one for me just because, like, the character, she was so, I will be kind to her and say that she was unkind. <laughs> she was, like, basically like, like, ex-wife, you know? So, and yeah. when it's the ex-wife and it's all about the family, it's like, I couldn't, my character couldn't be all that involved. Yeah, but, right. Like, it's the, the, the meanness works to a certain extent. Dance, but there was a couple times where I would go into rehearsal and I'd be like, you guys. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think we lost her. <laughs> you can't. Oh, that's you know, like, like, come on, man. Like, you got to, or else why does she keep coming around? Just just one hello. Just hello. Hi, Sheila. <laughs> that's it. Um, uh, it, was, it was a great show. A, yeah, we had a really good time with that. Thanks. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. So now you're working on, or or you were just working on and are possibly done, and I just saw this, uh, you're working on two other projects, uh, one called Frozen Peas and one called uh, Sharon 123. Can you tell us a little bit about them? Oh, my God. I love that you went deep on IMDb for that. Oh, no, those have, okay, so Sharon 123 is, um, I I don't think that's ever going to see the light of day. This is just a little independent movie that was done in this very strange way. There was something called, it was like a, it was almost like, not crowdsourced, like a popularity contest. Like, I think anybody could enter a script on this website, and okay. and then if people vote on the script, and then, you know, they go in stages, so then the ones that get this many votes move on, and then it gets this many votes to move on, and then they take, like, the top six scripts, and this production company has to make one of those. Mm-hmm. Which is strange if you think about you want to, you know, you want people to be making movies because they're really passionate about making movies, yeah. and they're passionate about that story and that script. Uh, and I'm not, I think that may have been lacking in that movie. I think all the people in it were very good. Matt Bush, this actor, he's He's great. He was in it. This um, girl, Skylar Samuels, who was on Scream Team yeah. last year, she was yeah. in it. She's great. Like, There's all sorts of people that were in it. I've never seen it, and I have a feeling I never will. Um, oh. And then Frozen Peas is this movie that a friend of mine that uh, is actually our school's PTA president last year, um, this guy mm-hmm. Brian Irwin, who was a comedian and dad and a writer. He wrote this script, so I just did a, a day on that. So that was another one I I hope to see soon, but I have no idea. Uh, and then That's I'll be in an episode of Transparent at the end of, in the season finale of their oh, of this really? upcoming season. I don't know when they premiere, but um, yeah, season three, last episode, I'll be in that Transparent. Very nice. Which was Very awesome. Nice. Like, went on a the whole thing takes place on a cruise ship. And I've never... Mm. You guys ever cruised? I've never cruised. 
No, never. Like some never. people are cruise people. I have, I'm just yeah. not, I just was like, I'm not a cruise person. But the whole thing takes place on a ship, so they took everybody on a cruise. And it, oh, was, it was rad. <laughs> like, you just got to, like, actually experience what a cruise is like while working and feeling a little bit removed. Um, mm-hmm. It's a trip. Cruises are strange. Um, <laughs> but then there's these, like, yeah. moments where I wake up at 545 and the sun is coming up over the ocean right outside my private deck. Like, that was gorgeous. But... Um, you really are trapped on that boat. Yeah, it's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, now, between television and you've done some movies, uh, you've done some, even some TV movies. I know you were in uh, Behind the Camera, the uh, the story of Mork <laughs> and Mindy, uh, which, was, which was pretty cool. I always get a kick out of those yeah. kind of movies. So, would you rather do television or would you rather do movies or does it not matter as long as you're working <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both I think there's such interesting yeah. things being done on TV right now and the the you know like Sharon 1, 2, 3 I did like 3 years ago um, and that's still uh, in you know in production and I don't know that I'll ever see it like TV happens fast and there's it's easier to get made at this mm-hmm. point in time, there, um, you know, all these shows and doing groundbreaking work, and I would love to be a part of that, and yeah. also be a part of movies. I don't, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I just, I just want to do interesting work. I don't necessarily care what the medium is, but I, I think I'm like interested more in doing movies and doing some movies. Just because I haven't done as many, TV has been an easier road for me. Um, yeah. So I kind of see that as like, <laughs> I think it goes either way. Actors have this thing where, you know, people who only work in movies are like, God, how do you get a part on TV? And I'm like, who who is responsible for putting people in movies? And, and can I sit on their lap and strip their hair for a little while? Like, uh we're just all trying to do good work, good projects. Yeah, uh, definitely. So now you were saying that, you know, you wish you could do a couple more movies here and there. So now we like to ask our guests, you know, just like a like a dream question. So if you could star in a movie a tomorrow. Uh, yeah, just a dream oh. question. If you could star in a movie tomorrow, who would be the person that would be right alongside of you, your co-star that you would just that you've always dreamed of possibly acting with? Oh, is it is it creepy to say that? Wait, wait. Okay, this is a dream question. So I'm gonna go back in time. Absolutely. To a just a little bit of a younger Gary Oldman, and it's a movie, and we are in love, and it is all working. <laughs> uh. I would love to work with that guy. I mean, you know, I, I'm just saying, like, I've got a weird crush on him um, <laughs> as an actor and as a human lady. But, yeah. yeah, I would love to work with him or there's so many people i like to work with. I don't know. Another back in time, like, if it's me and Gary Oldman and Madeline Kahn, I wish I could have oh, worked that's with awesome. that woman. Yeah. That would be nice. She was 
I, mean, I was so when I found out she was dead, I was like, well, what? Where, where's the parade? Where's all the tribute? Do you yeah. guys not know that a comedy legend has passed away? Like same thing with like mm-hmm. when Gregory Hines died. You're like, why aren't we making more of a big deal out about this? Oh, and that blew me away when well, Gregory Hines died. That was, you know, it's yeah. And like you said, like even with Madeline Kahn, I mean, she's been gone since 1999. I mean, seriously, we're yeah. going towards the 20-year spectrum on it, and I still don't think she gets as much love as she should be getting. Oh, she's a genius. There's uh, there's a couple like uh, actresses from my childhood that I think I just loved the movies, and now I will go like something will come on TV. And you'll look back and you'll like like watch um watch Overboard again, and you will be like, oh my god, Goldie Hawn is a comedic Love genius. It. That she's perfect yep. in that movie. We were just Every talking about that a perfect. few shows ago. So funny. Oh really? Nope. Yeah, because so that's one of my so favorite movies. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the little kid. It's a great movie. Now, when. <laughs> I got to, you know what, I have to ask you because I like to ask, you know, certain questions to people just to like, okay. you know, feel them out as, as, you know, being, you've met so many people being an actress and being in TV shows and movies. When you meet certain people, like when you met Tim Conway, did you get like nervous? Like, do you get a little starstruck even though that you're still, that yeah. you've met so many going down the line? Yeah. No, I totally do. Um, there, of course, I think, of course. But then there's a certain point after you meet them where you have to have a talk with yourself and go, they're just a person. I'm going to try to be super normal. And if you can convince yourself of that for, like, a couple interactions or just, like, the beginning of the interaction, and then you get Mm -hmm. their unguarded self coming back at you, then then it can be a human being kind of thing where – Maybe for a, a minute or two, I can get out of my head of like, oh my god, I'm so good. Um, <laughs> but, but I may not have met as many big people as you think I do because I don't like to leave my house. All that. You don't like to leave your house. No, I mean I like to leave my house. I just don't like to go out <laughs> to like fancy Hollywood. I don't like to go to events unless I'm needed at that event or there's like a reason okay. to be there. Um, Understand. Because I don't uh. find. It's weird, those those kind of events or parties or whatnot. It's hard to be a normal version of yourself because you are so like, oh, I'm supposed to meet this person or look at who, look at, there's so-and-so or there's so-and-so. And then I just get mm. a little bit, like, strangely awkward. Because mm. it won't go so if you, have to go to the, uh, <laughs> if you have to go to an event and with the old glitz and glam and be in the gown and stuff, that's, that's, that's not Erin Hayes, huh? Sometimes it is. I'm a little bit better yeah. now because I've been working for a while. You always find like somebody that you're comfortable with now. Um, yeah. But but there's a strange thing where you walk in and you're like, oh, God, I don't know anybody here. Gotta, I mean, it's like any party, right? Any party where you walk in and you don't know anybody, you're like, okay, we're doing this. We're doing this. <laughs> and you, you, know, you put on your best smile and your... Um, personality and paraded around the room. Yeah, that's that's funny. It's 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 amazing because we've 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 had so many different people on on this radio show, and I would probably say about a good ninety percent of them said, "Yeah, I I just don't like the events." 
And yet every time you see an event yeah. on TV, they look like they're so happy to be there, but I guess that's good acting, huh? Well, yeah. The, it, but they've also, <laughs> most of them I think have had practice. Like, you know, there's a, <laughs> the, when I would first go to things, because I, I had such a kind of a slow rise in um, on the Hollywood ladder, when I would first yeah. go to things, when I, sorry, when I would first go to things, like my pictures, my pictures don't go anywhere. So that was a, that's a whole series of getting comfortable in front of the cameras and at red carpets and like a you know things where I'm like God why why don't I you look at them and I'm like I'm dead inside why wouldn't I smile with my eyes and so you're like oh I have like a I have to try to find some uh, sense of happiness in this I find just one shot of tequila helps not two not none just one now we're yeah, two's two's too many. <laughs> That's when you get two too happy, many. So. <laughs> Zero is not enough. Yeah, that's great. All right, well, Aaron, seriously, I you know thank you for uh, coming on here. Uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time because uh, I'm sure you had a rough day at Raging Waters, so it's time to relax. Oh my before, god, it was. So. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. You should head to a water park. It's everything that you expect. There's like, I lost my child for seven minutes. In the lazy river, there was a small kid who was unable to get her clothes on, stuck in the bathroom stall. It's like, it's all the tropes. Everything. <laughs> it's just life, like, fully in your face. Um, but thanks, That's guys. Funny. Thank you. No, thank and you. Please, and uh, hopefully uh, we and, can uh, get you on. Yeah, and Kevin Can Wait premieres September 19th. We'll be on Mondays at 8.30 after the Big Bang Theory. So nice. please, everybody, watch. If you like it, watch again. If not, it's your life. Do what you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Erin. And uh, hopefully after the first season, we can get you back on, and then we'll get you back on after season two, season three, season four, season five, and so on. And then I'll just move in, season seven. Um, there you thank go. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to come back. Okay. Take Great. care. Have a thank good night. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. That was uh, actress Erin Hayes from the new CBS comedy, Kevin Can Wait, starring Kevin James. And, of course, our lovely Erin Hayes. That was just here at uh, debut September 19th, uh, Mondays after Big Bang Theory. Uh, I, I watched the trailer for it, Jeff. And let me tell you, it had me laughing, man. I love King of Queens, and this kind of has the same vibe, man, so I'm really looking forward to it. I like it. I watch King of Queens every single I go to bed with it. I turn it on my TV, and then I... Uh... Kind of just watch until I fade out, and I love it. I like Kevin James. He's funny, and the show will be great. Very excited. I apologize for, uh, unfortunately, the uh, connection. Of course, we could hear Aaron really good. There was just a little bit of static on the line. Uh, for some reason, cell phones and our line don't mix well, and we have no idea why. Um, if you have any questions, you can email the uh, the geniuses at Blog Talk Radio. I'm sure they have no answers for you, So, but we'll get there. Um so, yeah, we have some really, really amazing shows coming up, man. And uh, we're going to promo them right now and let our listeners know. Uh, Monday, August 8th, we're going to be joined by musician Erica Chase, who was supposed to be joined with uh, by next uh, last week. Unfortunately, that didn't happen because of Block Talk Radio and their infinite wisdom once again. Uh, August 11th, uh, musician Eddie Man, straight out of Philadelphia. August 15th, Mer- uh, actress Mercedes Morris from the Netflix show Between. Uh, 
will possibly be joining us. August 18th, uh, straight out of Italy, all-girl metal band Sin of Night with their U.S. manager and our good friend Ian Holt. August 25th, a night with Lilith. This is going to be such a huge, huge, huge night here at the Stoop. Uh, Lilith from Lilith and the Night, metal band straight out of England that's just taking the world by storm. They're going to be releasing their new EP called Insanity, and exclusively on the Stoop, you're going to listen to the entire album, plus Lilith will be here for the release of Insanity here on the Stoop. And on September 1st, comedian Tom Rubin will be joining us. So we have some great, great shows coming up, Jeffrey. I am uh, beyond excited. Hope to be uh, healthier for those. I appreciate everybody hanging in with uh, a little bit of static on Aaron's end and uh, whatever crap is coming out of my nasal self. But, uh, yeah, Night with Lilith is going to be massive and so many big shows. That's why I get here. I don't care if I'm sick. I'm here. I get here. The um, lovely fiancé just walked into the studio with her, with her brand new hairdo looking beautiful. Say hi. Hi. That's uh, the beautiful fiancé, Miss Cassie Tronzo, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, yeah, it's been great, man. I don't care if I'm sick. I get here, you know it. I love the stoop. I love the guest. And uh, we're going places, man. I'm very excited. Absolutely. And tell Cassie we saw the pictures on Facebook, and she's looking lovely. But I'll write that on her yeah. Facebook. So, uh, yeah, we got, like I said, we got some great, great, great shows uh, coming up August 8th, uh, next Monday, uh, musician Erica Chase. And we're going to listen to her latest single, Paris, uh, which I really, really, really am digging. Uh, so I can't wait to uh, play it for all of our listeners here at The Stoop. Uh, it's going to be a short night here. Uh, we want to thank our guest for tonight, Erin uh, Hayes, for joining us. Um, hopefully we'll get her back on uh, after season one of Kevin Can Wait while they're filming season two, and I have a feeling this is going to be a show that's going to be on for quite a few seasons. Uh, I hope so, because it looks funny already from the trailer, from what I have seen. So remember, you can always listen to this show and listen to all of our past shows on our official website at stoopradio.com. You can follow us on Twitter, the Stoop Radio one and you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash stoopradio for all of the great shows that we do and to find out who's going to be on in the future, and uh, you know, who knows, uh, maybe we'll have some contests going on. You can talk to us. You can email us. Drop us a message. We love, love, love hearing from our fans. So that's it for tonight for my buddy Jeff. Before we go, the flu Perini. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm going to throw uh, one thing out real quickly. Shoot, uh, for people to set up your area, the house band competition for 102.9. Uh, to local radio station. I just want to wish good luck to the band in between my buddy Mark Lampridge and uh, his guys are in the running to be the W uh, the uh, MGK house band. It's a competition that's going on locally at Maggie's on the waterfront in Philadelphia. And uh, just want to wish them luck. And uh, anybody that's a friend of mine and friends of his that hears it, you know, check these guys out. They're really good. I want to wish them luck. And, uh, of course, John, another fantastic show. And thank you, as always. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So once again, thanks to Aaron Hayes for joining us. So for the shark, Jeff the Flu Perini, his uh, beautiful fiance, <laughs> and my good friend Cassie, I am Jonathan Raggis, and we will see you all Monday as we will be joined by Erica Chase. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>